On this special pre-Memorial Day episode 12 of Lancaster Connects, we're joined by Anne-Marie Shaw from Building Bridges Foundation and journalist, historian, and author, Larry Alexander. We'll also have our local events rundown, our food truck alert, how you can help your local community, a local history nugget, a tip on how to sleep better, and your chance to win one of two $25 gift cards to a local Lancaster restaurant. That's all coming up on episode 12 of Lancaster Connects. So... How can you support the Lancaster community? That's what this show is all about. Coming to you from the Dream Room at Gardner's Mattress and More, Lancaster Connects is brought to you by the Sleep Better book. From Gardner's Mattress and More. We'll mail you a free copy. Just go to gardnersmattressandmore.com slash sleep dash better. Very good. I Very read good. most of the words. Yeah. Yeah. You can read. Good job. You got a gold star in that <laughs> in elementary school. Yeah. Nice. So uh, so here we are. It's uh, pre-Memorial Day weekend. Um, uh, this episode's pretty special. We're very excited to have it uh, record it. Um, you know, we've said this show is about moving from success to significance. So yes, Gardeners participates in the typical consumerism aspect of Memorial Day. Uh, our customers demand it, so we respond. But this episode is, is part, about, uh, part of and our commitment to helping the community that supports us. So we've got two really great guests. Uh, to talk about different aspects of Memorial Day. Um, one of our guests is uh, first guest with a Wikipedia page. That's awesome. Which is pretty cool, you know? Um, Wikipedia put a bunch of encyclopedia salespeople out of business, but I think, <laughs> I think, I think Wikipedia is a little better user experience and a little less uh, weight on the bookshelf, a little less dusting, although I'm a big uh, hold-it-in-my-hand paper guy. But anyway, so yeah, one of our guests has a Wikipedia page. Um, so we're mixing things up a little bit, right? We had a yeah. long, sh long show uh, last week. We may very well have a long show this week, but uh, that's simply because of the caliber and the quality of our guests. Not yeah. that our last guests have been bad. Was that one of those like backhanded <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> swipes? It. The guests last night, or last week, were great. Yeah, all of our guests are great. I mean, that's our that's our that's our goal here. But we've got something really special. Um, so let us know about the show show format. You know, we're we're. We're mattress retailers, first and foremost, giving back to our community through this podcast. So we're, we're feeling our way. Uh, sometimes it feels like in the pitch black dark through this thing, but uh, mixing it up, trying to make it relevant. So let us know what you think about the format, what you like, what you don't like. We've got food trucks still, community events still, just maybe not highlighting as many on camera, but you're still going to see them on the, uh, on the show notes. So for those listening, uh, those watching, you can always get the show notes by clicking the link in front of you. And again, everything for this show is at LancasterConnects.com. So we've got some great guests coming up. Uh, Anne-Marie Shaw from Building Bridges Foundation and uh, journalist and historian and author Larry Alexander. He's going to be talking about Dick Winters, the Easy Company and the Band of Brothers. Good morning, Anne-Marie and Larry. Hey. Yeah, we're happy to have you Good morning. here. Yeah, yeah. So, um, interesting note about uh, both of guests. Um, Larry is an authoritarian on the 82nd Airborne. 
my sister served in the army and was 82nd airborne. Oh, wow. Uh, mm-hmm. I used to read Larry Third. Alexander's, used to read Larry's, uh, columns in the Lancaster newspaper back, uh, back in the day. And then, Am- and then Anne-Marie, um, uh, works with my sister now through her Building Bridges Foundation, and my sister attends there. So very connected show, and we got a lot of great stuff to go on about. But uh, why don't we get into what's going on in and around Lancaster? Yeah, let's let's, let's find let's, out. Yeah, let's do that. All right. So uh, this week, where are we? Remember when I said feeling around in the dark? <laughs> there we go. We had we had we had guests we had guests in our ear and production team in our ear, but that's all right. We're going to keep uh, plugging right through. We're going to keep going right along because that's just what we do. <laughs> Things aren't always going to be perfect, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. Uh, so this week we are having a shorter events rundown, uh, but we are going to have all of these events plus a bunch more listed on our show notes page on our website LancasterConnects.com. Um, so all this info, a lot more, will be available on the website and also via email uh, each week. Uh, again, find the show notes by clicking on the page uh, for this episode, episode 12. And to get our weekly email, just enter our giveaway at LancasterConnects.com uh, to subscribe to our weekly email update with all the show info. And uh, of course, remember, this show is also available as a podcast. You can find all the links at LancasterConnects.com. Don't forget to like and share this video on Facebook and other social media platforms. Uh, Leave a comment. Tell us how we're doing. uh, Give us feedback about the show. Uh, Again, that's LancasterConnects.com. Thank God I'm caught up. So let's get into the local (laughs) events. All right. So uh, first one, uh, summer day camps. That's very good. Get, get Get our children back in, involved with each other, socializing firmly believe uh, our society owes uh, a tremendous amount of, uh, of uh, respect to our children because they are our legacy. And I'm really happy that they can get back to these summer camps. So Lancaster Rack is offering three great day camps for boys and girls right after the school year ends. Camps run June 14th to August 14th, Monday through Friday, 8 to 4. Registration is now open at LancasterRec.org. So please get your children out there, get them active again, get them socializing. They've got a discovery day camp. Goal is to keep academic skills fresh over the summer, apply the knowledge children have learned in a fun way, and prepare them for the next school year. That is a fantastic tenet of education that I think would be awesome. Uh, Keep your kids up to speed. Sports of all sorts day camp, offer your child a full day of sports fun, including fitness and wellness and activities. We talk about sleeping better and health and fitness is one of those legs of the stool of a healthy and successful life. So that's a great camp. Camp Optimist, they create non they create a non-competitive environment where fun is the main goal while making lasting friendships and feeling safe, trying new activities. All campers take part in outdoor skills, sports, crafts, community activities, waterfront adventures, and all camp events. Learn more and register today, www.lancasterrec.org or on Facebook at Lancaster Rec. Hey, real quick. So I listened to a podcast this morning. I just got Ben off guard. He was, he's like, well, we're going on the script. Now Jeff's off. What's he doing? So I listened to a podcast this morning on the way in to record this. And I learned that the Cherokee uh, Native Americans, mm-hmm. they would teach their children. They would give them no responsibility until the age of 10. Interesting. They just wanted them to learn. They wanted them to have fun. They, they basically 
get a decade of exploring and uh, just kind of soaking in the world, their world uh, at the time, uh, soak that all in for the first 10 years of your life. So when you talk about Camp Optimist, non-competitive environment, that's good. Now, with the, with all of that said, they, um, they, they, they instilled it, you know, maybe around se- age seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, you know, hey, you're going to have responsibility coming up, but enjoy this time and learn in your own way. So I thought that was really neat. Kind of cool. ties into Camp Optimist. Anyway. Jul- on- Julian is still going to make his bed. Well, sure. I mean, those things are, yeah, I think those little <laughs> things are, are important, but, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. Anyway, I just thought it was congruent. All right. We're going to enjoy some live music while feasting on a delicious Mediterranean menu at the Weathered Vineyards in Ephrata. Uh, That's on Friday, May 28th. Uh, We've got the musical duo, The Two of Us, between 5 and 8 p.m. Saturday, uh, May 29th there, there will be an acoustic session uh, with Blake Hilliard, uh, or Hillard. Uh, That's also from 5 to 8. Uh, Mediterranean Bistro menu is served from 5 to 8. Uh, and since they have a tent, the, the, the event is happening rain or shine, uh, $5 per person cover charge, and 100% of it goes to the musicians. Uh, that is at Weathered Vineyards in Ephrata. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Weathered Vineyards, Ephrata Tasting Room and Wine Bar, uh, 900A West Main Street in Ephrata. Uh, again, you can visit the events tab at weatheredvineyardsephrata.com for more information. Flavor Fest. This is another wine tasting. Uh, Mount Hope Estates Premier Wine Festival will be May 29th and 30th on the grounds of the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair from 11 to 5. Over 20 wineries will be offering samples. And if you find one you love, you can purchase it right there on the site. That is located at 2775 Lebanon Road in Mannheim on facebook.com forward slash PA Ren Fair. So all of this info about these events and others we haven't read will be available on the website. Uh, Find the show notes by clicking on the page for this episode, episode 12. And to get our weekly email, just enter our giveaway at LancasterConnects.com to subscribe. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Subscribe to our weekly email update with all of the show info. And (laughs) remember, this show is available as a podcast. Find the links at LancasterConnect.com. And again, like, share uh, our video and podcast. Uh, leave a comment. Tell a friend about this show. I think that word you were trying to, like, manufacture in your own mind there was subscribe. <laughs> sub- <laughs> I don't know what I was trying subscribe to Subscribe to the show, folks, for all this really great comedy. Anyway, so I guess for our guests... Any of those events sound like something you would would enjoy? I mean, really, we, we gave you no option. You got to like wine because you're not going to go do the kids' camps. But uh, but if you like drinking, you got some great wine events to go to. How about you, Anne Marie? Uh, in your free time, any anything like that? Uh, uh, grab your fancy that you like to do. What kind of events do you like to go to? I I enjoy most of the events that are going on in the county. Love going to the uh, music uh, festival they had a, a great event uh, recognizing first responders a couple of weeks ago um, honestly you can keep uh, involved and excited about Lancaster County if you participate in in what's offered out there we don't have enough free time I I, I hate to say that to you but we're totally um, 
purposefully engaged at building bridges. And so we get to go to VFW meetings and things like that. I think that's wonderful too. Uh, but um, yeah, I love living in uh, Lancaster County. I do, I would yeah. say this is that most of the people have no idea how fortunate they are if this is their home. Yeah, well, that's why, that's why we try to highlight all of what Lancaster has to offer on this show. Larry is a man around town, formerly a man around town, maybe still around town. What, what, uh, what events do you like to go to? Any of those ones uh, sound like you're well, gonna put them on your list? The wine tasting weather events vin- or what do you weather like vineyards, do? Weather Vineyards is, a, is an excellent venue. It's right up the road from me. So that'd be one, that'd be one to look into, but I'm, the, I'm not the, the butterfly I used to. I don't get out to lunch unless I'm covering them as a, as a correspondent for the effort of review, which I do now in my spare time, whatever spare time I have left after the grandkids. Yeah. But you know, it's a, but uh, so I'm not the, uh, I'm content just go out to eat and every, every, eat, eat every now and then now that we're allowed to again and, uh, and and just go to take in some theater maybe or something like that. That's great. Yeah, great. Well, Larry, we'll uh, we'll get back to you here. Hang tight. Uh, we're going to... Um... I'm, I'm, I'm here. All right. Very good. Um, Anne-Marie. So we've got Anne-Marie yeah. Shaw from Building Bridges Foundation. Uh, so we donated the Building Bridges last year. We're introduced to it through my sister. Christy, who is a former Army, uh, we'll maybe talk a little bit about her and her experience here as we get into it. But um, Anne-Marie, why don't you just let our audience know what exactly the Building Bridges Foundation does? Sure. Thanks, Jeff, for welcoming me to talk about Building Bridges Foundation um, and what happens here. The, The Building Bridges Farm is a center of caring for veterans and their families. It was founded and established as a 501c3 nonprofit in 2015, and we operate with a board of directors of 11 people from a variety of vocations that have confirmed their commitment to advancing the mission of the foundation, a mission that was part of those uh, registration uh, papers. And it goes like this. Our, Our mission is to provide a safe space personal growth through equine assisted activities for veterans and their families, as well as those suffering from trauma and loss and those who are struggling with cognitive and emotional challenges. We have 115 volunteers that have signed up to participate with us here at Building Bridges. Some of them are here once a month and we value every hour of time that is donated uh, to a sustained farm operations. We have some that are here weekly. We have um, some that are here several times a week. And we have some that just come to help us for the major events. We have two major events a year, usually on Veterans Day and Memorial Day. And uh, at our last uh, Veterans Day event, that was before COVID, we had 99 named tag volunteers in place to care for a crowd of 500 people. It was a great time. We also have contract service personnel to do beyond what our volunteers can do. We have a plant manager um, that's here four days a week. And uh, how did it happen? What prompted all of this? Well, as a young boy, 
Dave Anderson, the founder, the son of a Minnesota farmer, remembers his older brother returning from combat duty overseas, trying to find his way back into North American life. After struggling a few years at home, trapped by alcohol and depression, he took his own life, as did several of his military buddies. Today, we call it post-traumatic stress, and we recognize it as traumatic injury. But then it was called shell shock, and people didn't know how to respond to these veterans. As he grew older, Dave prospered in his business. He kept thinking there must be a, some healing. There must be a way of recovery to facilitate the lifetime that is yet ahead of returning veterans suffering from PTSD. In 2011, his wife Anita passed away and he was left wondering how he could best use the farm. By 2015, he decided to begin Building Bridges Foundation, where veterans could come to receive healing through equine-assisted therapy, a non-traditional therapy with equine and mental health specialists at no cost to the veterans or their families. Well, that's amazing, Anne-Marie. Uh, we're going to dig into amazing. all of that, but uh, it, it really is. And, and I speak from personal, well, family personal experience. When you say extension of family, um, my sister attends uh, Building Bridges. So we'll talk about that. But uh, right now, what we want to share with our audience is, uh, why don't you give us a quick introduction on this video provided by uh, West Point Academy uh, that we're going to play next? Give a brief introduction. In con- All right. In conversation with uh, West Point Academy administration, they uh, gave us permission to use this video. And, and so um, with that, we're taking liberty to uh, include it in this interview here today. Um, U.S. military band that's out of uh, West Point. I think they do a fabulous job of, uh, of reminding us of the energy and the youth that is put on hold when our veterans head out into deployment circumstances. Oh, right, well, say uh, we'll can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight for the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave? That's pretty powerful. 
pretty that awesome. Is. I think that's a tremendous way to lean into mm-hmm. our uh, pre-Memorial Day show. So um, thank you for sharing that, Anne-Marie. That was really great to see all the joint forces come together like that yes. uh, through West Point Academy. So thank you to you for sharing that with us and thank you to them for allowing you to use it. Uh, we appreciate that. Um, why don't we dig into a little bit of more about uh, building bridges? So sure. where where is the farm located? Well, I'm sure you're interested in knowing where we are. Our address is 230 Indian Hill Road, Conestoga, uh, Pennsylvania, of course. It's a 21-acre horse farm um, that is Building Bridges Foundation. The gifting of the property and facilities uh, are just are so perfect for this non-traditional kind of therapy and can best be spoken of as, as an incredible expression of compassion, purpose, and generosity. It's a good news story. It's, it inspires people in the local community and in distant places. For 30 years, the farm was home to Dave and Anita Anderson and their two sons, Leif and Kurt. The house is Italian architecture and offered abundant space to care for their family and extended family that visited from Italy and Sweden, as well as living accommodation for Anita's parents in the last years of their lives. Dale and I each have an office in the house, uh, and there's office space, a lovely glassed-in sunroom that's designated for volunteers to work in. There's even a resident cat the most awesome resident cat that has adopted us. Uh, The grounds have been created into a remarkable garden and park-like space. The long drive up to the house off Indian Hill Road winds through peaceful lawns, beautiful trees, shrubs, and a variety of flowering bushes and roses. In response to equipping our yard care volunteers, we mapped and counted more than a hundred rose shrubs in the yards that welcomed visitors along the way. Earlier this year, we had a volunteer out here during um, the severe COVID days, uh, but he was masked and he came on site and he was cautious, but he took pictures of all the mulch beds. If a volunteer will take on one of those mulch beds in the coming season, It'll be marked with their name. And it's, it's a great kind of way to invest an hour of time, maybe twice a month, to care for a flower garden that will welcome those that come on the property. Further along the drive is a barn, and it offers um, comfortable stalls to the six off-track horses that now serve as therapy partners. The acreage has five pastures. And each of the pasture areas has a covered hay feeder and four of them have walk-in shelters for the horses. Our horses love to be outside. They don't spend a lot of time in the barn. They go into the barn at a time of events when uh, then they're available for people to uh, talk to them and meet them and uh, become friends with them. And during veteran cafe hours, then we bring a couple of horses into the barn at that time too, but mostly they're in the barn for when the vet comes to give them their shots and care for their feet and look after their teeth, that kind of thing. um, There's a three-bedroom apartment that 
is on the second floor of the barn, and that houses our manager of farm operations and, and family. The footprints in the snow during the winter days speak of the many creatures that feel at home here, too. It's just pretty amazing. In this time of the year, we have at least 10 cardinals. We never know where, what yard they're going to show up in on any given day, but they're very visible, and they, they just live at this place. Along with woodpeckers, blue jays, doves, sparrows, and a possum, they feed at our bird feeders. Early in our service here, the founder, Dave Anderson, said, if this initiative makes a difference in one life, it will be worth it. Today, we can review a list of more than 45 participants. This is, I don't usually get a chance to talk this much about building bridges, and I'm going to have to get better at it because when I start talking about it, um, you know, it just hits me as to how much and uh, that has happened since we've been here. Um, because of yeah. the remarkable space and facility that was in existence. So today we have a list of more than 45 participants that have found renewed hope because of the foundation. Um, the therapy sessions happen on the ground, okay, in a pasture. We're intentional about following the globally recognized EGALA model of equine-assisted therapy. It, it sets a standard of excellence and safety, and we believe it's the best professional association for us. If our, we, we want our to be EGALA certified, and if they are, then they have us to the coaches of that organization, and, and that's just a plus. Um, in every therapy session, there are four uh, participants. There is a Pennsylvania State credentialed mental health specialist. That means that they have credentials or as a master's degree in mental health studies. And, and Pennsylvania requires that. So that's a good thing. Our prim primary mental health provider here is also credentialed in trauma response applications. We have the best. We have the best providers here. A certified equine specialist then is the second person in, in that uh, therapy huddle. And uh, that person has in-depth understanding of horses and knowledge of how a client, a participant, can interact to facilitate healing. Our equine specialist is also a Marine veteran with 20 years of deployment service. And so he brings sensitivity to that huddle in the therapy session. Then there's the third partner, and that's the horse. And our horses are just amazing friends. They each have distinct moods. They're just like people. They have their own personalities and attitudes. They are... We've seen them stubborn, we've seen them defiant, we've seen them grieving, we've seen them playful, we've seen them uh, fun-friendly, and we've seen them not friendly. It's just the way they are, and they, they are the most significant uh, person in that therapy huddle. And then there's the participant. And uh, there's lots of uh, evidence that... Um, of success in sustainable behavioral changes through equine 
assisted therapy, more so than traditional talk therapy. Ongoing research shows that that positive physical and psychological rest is evident in humans interacting with horses. Things such as decreased blood pressure um, and heart rate, lower levels of stress, reduced feelings of tension, anxiety, anger, and hostility. Often people that have high-demand lives um, benefit from uh, the equine-assisted therapy option because they just don't have time or space for people relationships. The therapy sessions so, are, are an incredible... Yeah. Yeah, you've described a lot there. So for the benefit... Yeah, for the benefit of our listeners, yeah. let's really kind of dig in. So, you, I mean, you described the setup of equine therapy with the four participants there. Let's kind of take a step yeah. back because I think it's really important for anybody watching, anybody listening to understand how it exactly came about, which you touched on in, in when you introduced it. Dave Anderson, the founder, uh, his brother, yeah. unfortunately, passed away from shell shock, what we now know as PTSD. Um, committed suicide. That's I have that correct. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, there were uh, several I mean, of his friends. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, this is a very serious thing that goes on. It happens right here in it our is. backyard. We obviously know it happens on a national level and really worldwide. Uh, when you say forty-five participants, you know, my sister is, is one of them. Uh, she's active as that fourth participant in the huddle of equine therapy. Um, and I think for our, our listeners, Anne-Marie, am I, I heard that correctly. The, the, the farm was owned by Dave. Is that right? And he has That's basically right. turned over the entirety of that idyllic property to mm-hmm. building bridges. And now I, I'm assuming yes, he, he lives elsewhere. Is that right? He does. He lives in Lancaster, um, but not on site. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really incredible. I mean... I could only hope to one day through the success of our business, be able to do something like that. But here we have somebody right here in Lancaster County. And, and, I, and I'm positive we're going to discover more people like Dave in Lancaster County. Mm-hmm. Um, but right here, right that now true. on yeah. the show. Yeah. Yeah. On the show here, we're <laughs> highlighting this one person. Um, so, you know, out of a need, just selfless uh, giving to create something that could replace uh, the path that Dave's brother left unwalked um, for the remainder, you know, what could have been the remainder of his time here on earth. So that's just really, really amazing. Um, so you described the kind of the setup. So why, Anne-Marie, why are horses, and I've got some other questions for you, but specifically, uh, why are horses so important in this part of therapy? I mean, why not dogs? You know, why not some other animal? What What is so unique about horses? Well, I, it's common knowledge among those that have explored um, that question that the horse is more aware of body language and more able to participate uh, because of that. that. They are sensitive to uh, levels of anxiety, anger, fear, and sadness more readily than than some other creatures. When we came, I remember the night we arrived here at Building Bridges, and you have seen pictures of the house. 
and it was dark and we came in the house and we didn't know where any of the light switches were. And we were about ready to go back to Willow Street to Kmart and see if it was still open so we could get some of those battery operated things so we could find our way around the house. And uh, we thought, wow, what have we kind of got ourselves into? And the next morning I went outside and, uh, and walked back to the barn and, and I looked around as I walked down the driveway and the place seemed just empty and it was really, really still. But there was one horse that had its head out the, one of the stall windows and as I walked toward it, I thought, I have to say something to the horse. But I, I'm a little uncomfortable shouting out to a horse. But I did it anyway. I shouted out. I knew the horse's name. And I shouted, Carl, you are a beautiful horse. And then I looked to see if anyone was watching because I thought, I really don't want this to be known. And then I went a bit <laughs> further and I shouted it out again. And that horse didn't didn't bat an eye, just went like this and nodded her head. And I thought, I really don't believe this just happened, and I'm sure not going to tell anybody. Well, since then, all of the horses are my friends. <laughs> and that's, yeah. um, I, I've seen, though, seen a person come who, who I don't know what the issue was, but as we walk to the gate, and the horses usually run, okay, to meet us at, at the gate. And so they came across, they were within 10 feet of the gate, and they just screechingly stopped. And so I'm, I understand, uh, I learned that, wow, it's some kind, maybe they felt anxiety or fear from the person that was with me. Uh, I didn't say that to that person, but I just know they're very sensitive to uh, the wow the uh, situation we had a, a guy in here a veteran one morning and his son came on his own to see him and the veteran had gone into the office with the provider and the son said which one of the horses was my dad with and so I showed him a cluster of four horses and I said I pointed out the horse that was part of his dad's session. He went into the field and walked toward that cluster of four horses. And they all looked up, but one of them broke away and came towards the sun. I don't know whether it's been a mannerism, a scent, uh, a resemblance, but somehow that horse knew that there was action with the uh, the person that well those are amazing those are amazing stories yeah uh, I, Marie, I uh, your your passion uh, is incredible and it, and it shows in these stories what why are you personally doing this what's your story with burning bridges well um dale and i uh got to meet dave and anita when uh we lived in lancaster Dale was senior pastor at Peckway Church from 1997 to 2011. And when Anita passed away, uh, Dale was asked to conduct the funeral service. Then in 2017, Mr. Anderson connected with us while we were vacationing in Florida. And we met Charlene, a new life companion uh, today. And we valued this new friend connection uh, very ably serving as president of the foundation. And he told us at that time we were welcome to 
at his chalet in Beaver Creek, Colorado. So we planned a date for that vacation, and we went out there with friends Jay and June Reynolds. And uh, when we were there, Mr. Anderson talked a lot about building bridges and what his hopes were and what, what he wanted to see happen there. And he thought we should get involved in that mission. So two weeks later, he called us and said, I want you to come down and lead the Veterans Day program here at the farm. And when we went down to do that, he said, I want you to come back here for 12 months to set up foundational and administrative uh, programs. And so we started our 12-month stay here on January 18, 2018, and we're still here. And we would not be here if we didn't see a measure of success. One morning, um, I, I remember Dave stopping, and he doesn't stop very often. He, he just rushes through his days. But every now and then, he'll pause and he'll say, you know, I know that this could not be happening if it wasn't for the intervention of God. I just, I know that. And he also says, he'll show up early some mornings and say, God told me I should take you out for dinner today or take you out for breakfast. But there's just, um, we really feel like uh, we are purposefully involved in serving this generation and the future. Or, or we would not be well, here. I, I mean, I can speak to that, uh, you know, divine intervention, if you will. Uh, my sister, Christy, uh, 80, who's, you know, a client there. Uh, she comes for horse therapy there. That's how we got to know one another. 82nd Airborne, Air Assault Qualified. Um, you know, she was her, I believe it's called MOS, um, was preventative medicine. Um, you know, she ended up breaking her back on a jump. So she retired medically in 2013, but, you know, she's had a rough path, um, you know, and that's okay for me to share. That's her story and she shares it willingly. Um, But boy, I'm really glad she found her way home. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am too. I am too. Uh, And there are stories like that here. Uh, We we're not doing this on our own. Okay. I mean, I look at that list of 115 people, and I know that they can't all be here all the time. We've got one woman that signed up and said, I'll be a volunteer. I'll be the popcorn person. I will come to events, and I'll make popcorn. When I get old, this is what I thought. I'm going to be that person. I'm going to be the popcorn woman. That's all the events I can get to kind of thing. I mean, that is valuable. You know the smell of popcorn at an event. That's great. And so we don't do this alone. We do it with with um, partners that, that, uh, that have been strategic in helping us achieve our programs and our operational budget and uh, our farm operations. In the past year, we have over 130 uh, donations that came our way to facilitate mission programming and operations. Uh, the founder, Dave Anderson, continues to be the most generous supporter. Community response has increased every year. In 2020, our gun raffle team, an organized team, this is amazing to me, an organized team of 15 businessmen, 
okay, and, and members of a variety of sportsmen clubs recruit a string of businesses to purchase a gun. And then in November, they have a gun raffle. And, and in the months in between August and November, they uh, network with another string of businesses to sell the tickets. And last year, that event brought in above $70,000. That's just amazing. And uh, one of the horse handlers, it is incredible. It is. Yeah, I was fortunate to be there and and see it happen. Um, So that was pretty neat. Um, You know, we'll continue to talk about how to support you, but just so people understand why the support is so necessary um, and why volunteering is necessary, how much does uh, equine therapy cost, uh, you know, for a person? We figure it costs between $2,025 for a person for 10 sessions. And we ask all of the veterans that find their way here to please sign up for 10 sessions and make a commitment to that. So whatever time they choose, please choose a time in the week where you know for the next 10 weeks you can be here at that time. We don't want you to miss a session. And uh, and then then there will be a, a bit of a, an assessment. And uh, if it's helping you, you're welcome to stay on. But please make a commitment to 10 sessions because it takes, we think it takes that long to become comfortable and have comprehension of the benefit of it in your life. And so that seems to work here. And, and that's the cost for 10 sessions. And at the end of the 10 weeks, what happens sometimes is that a veteran will say, for the next, next string of sessions, I'd like my partner, uh, my life partner, to come with me. And, uh, and, and that's, we're open to that. That's great. That is just so, you know, so you just heard $2,000, I'm sure it's closer on the $2,500 side of things right now with, you know, the prices yeah. of most everything going up as of late. So, you know, look, if you can donate, um, I am positive they will, Anne-Marie and the whole crew there will be happy to take a donation from you. You heard her talk about a mulch bed. Okay. Talk about one hour. Folks, this is what this show is about. I mean, we're, we're here using our platform at Gardeners to uh, you know, invest in the community that supports us. But this is where you listening and watching come in. Go grab a mulch bed. You know, go yeah. work Good in the word. barn. Uh, go, go cut some grass. Um, we understand the financial aspect of it may not just be in the cards for you. But if you've got time, you know, uh, if you find yourself, you feel like I'm watching a little too much TV or I'm, you know, I feel rudderless. I just don't have a motivation, right? Like maybe you can get a little dose of your own therapy, a little release, a little yeah, reprieve. Absolutely. Unplugged. Absolutely. Uh, connect with the earth. I, I'm a yeah. big believer in that. Um, I've gotten into camping as of late and I will tell you, I unequivocally feel a hundred times better having spent time just out in the woods. Um so I got a little long in the tooth there, but seriously, like yeah, when I say sure. grab a mulch bed, and Marie mm-hmm. said it, you can help with a yeah. mulch bed, keep the ground mm-hmm. sound fantastic, sound just idyllic, like it's out of a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Go help them, right? Because mm-hmm. if if we don't, as a community, uh, either monetarily or with with our sweat equity and in investing in our community, then their costs go up. And so literally your time can make that difference. So we've been putting the information on the screen. 
um, please, please reach out. All right. Thank you. So, um, Emory, I rattled off a couple jobs there. Just, just give us a couple more, maybe two or three others quickly that people could also volunteer for beyond mulch beds and maybe scooping up stuff in the park. Well, it, recently we've um, begun construction of an equipment shed to house and care for for our equipment. I mean, we have to take care of it. And uh, Willow Valley, and this the, this is the way it, it plays out. And we think, wow, that's incredible. Willow Valley Retirement Homes gave us 37 truckloads of dirt. Okay. How great is that? Oh, wow. So it leveled the, the land behind the barn. I mean, 37 truckloads of dirt. Uh, I, I don't know what that would be, but I know it would be significant. And then Park Hess, uh, Willow Street Trucking uh, Business, hauled it, hauled 37 loads of it out to the farm. Well, that's, I mean, that's incredible. And so donations sometimes are, are money, but they're in kind kinds of things like that that are really helpful. And, I mean, if you see Park Hess driving that big truck of his, you just know he loves to be in that truck. So this way he's doing something really <laughs> great, and he, and he likes it. Yeah. Uh, Jay Garber Landscaping. Uh, gives us 40 hours of of uh, yard work, yard care a year. And, and that'll be at, at the end of the year when there's the most work to be done. And he brings in his uh, his yard care workers and they and they give a week's work. Uh, Jeff Minnick at Tanglewood well, Golf Club, they give a percentage of their flag day golf proceeds. I mean, that's those are gifts that aren't, aren't checks. And then there's you, Jeff who went back home from that event and sent us a check for $2,000. I mean, that's, that's what oh, happens. Oh. That's amazing. Oh, that was, yeah. I mean, those things really inspire us onward because that cares for the next veteran. You know, there, you got it right there. The Lancaster Equestrian yep. Club came out here and had one of their meetings. They didn't know what we did. And they're all um, more a savvy at looking after horses and knowledgeable than I am, but they came out here to see what we did. And before they uh, left from their meeting that night, gave us a check for $1,400. That's kind of how, mm. how it happens. And that's how we um, grow our, our network of support. It, it, uh, Lancaster so, extra give what, too. Yeah. 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 So what you just, I mean, again, to, to kind of put a bow on that part for our listeners, I mean, <clears throat> What you really just heard is if you if you work for a business that has any kind of congruency with right. what Building Bridges is doing, you know, talk yeah. talk to your ownership, talk to your bosses. A lot of companies are actually, which is good, they're looking for ways to give back to their community. And, you know, they, you know, they just may kind of struggle with where to where to direct that giving, which is mm -hmm. funny to say, but it actually happens. So put this on their radar. Okay. If you've got pickup truck, if you've got power tools. You know, and maybe physically you're not able to, to get down on your hands and knees in the mulch bed, but you can, you got a little utility trailer. Reach out. I'm sure Anne-Marie and yeah. Dale will put you to work, uh, yeah. right? Is that, <laughs> you'll never turn, no. you'll never turn a volunteer away. No, we don't. We, um, we don't turn them away. <laughs> we want to, so, we want people to engage in doing what they can do, though, using their skills, you know, so a lot of people love gardening, especially in the county. So we, we and, like and that. Marie, um, yeah. We, we understand you're trying to get the attention from the founders of Home Depot. Um, can you tell us more about yeah. that? Yeah. 
wow, well, that was just a very inspirational moment. One day, Dave called and he said, Emery, you got to check out this video. It's on Fox News. And I listened. And it was um, Arthur Blank and Bernie Marcus, co-founders of uh, Home Depot. They're, um, I think they're both around 90 years old. But they uh, both, each of them, uh, made a pledge commitment of $20 million. And they're going to partner with the Gary Sinise Foundation. And they're going to establish, their goal is to establish a string of uh, 20 non-traditional therapy centers across the nation because they're seeing that the veterans benefit from that experience of um, non-traditional, not in the clinical setting. And so we... Um, we connected with with the, uh, that network and they asked us what we wanted. And we said, we want you to come to Building Bridges to explore this site because we believe that we have the capacity to be one of those 20. They're going to have to raise 200 million to do 20 of them. So I'm thinking that here we have a center that is established. We have a capital project on our radar that we're going to have to move slowly on with the price of lumber and everything going up. But it's for uh, uh, building a space that will seat 500 people sitting down. It costs us $6,000 to rent a tent to do that when we have our events here. And we have, uh, and we have found approval with the township office for this project. And we look to having that, and with the number of veterans, 32,000 in the county and 100,000 in the Commonwealth, we could have events here with the very best resource people for the veterans. And veterans like being with veterans. Uh, there is that experience of deployment, of uh, PTSD issues, all of that. Uh, you see it on social media, Vietnam. Uh, reflections. Our friend um, Larry, you probably are part of that. I am privileged to be part of that. 14,000 um, people on, in that group on Facebook. Uh, incredible to be part of that network and, uh, and see how they support each other. And, and so we, we feel like we have got a jump start on that non-traditional kind of thing. And we, we'd like to be part of that, believing that it would strengthen our uh, positioning to serve the county and and Pennsylvania, where there are so many veterans. Yeah. So that's well, Emory, we you were, <laughs> yeah, you were, um, you were kind to list off um, your strategic partners that help you achieve your annual budget. As I understand it, it's about three hundred and fifty thousand. Um, so that's great it, it, that all of those businesses help. So thank you to them. Um, when we talk about this Home Depot project and their their goal of establishing 20 centers across the United States, you know, you never know who's right here in your backyard. So again, if you're watching, yeah. if you're listening, if you have any connection to this foundation via Home Depot or the Gary Sinise Foundation, uh, if there's any connection, you know, your cousin's brother's best friend is Gary Sinise's assistant. My goodness, please. Thank you. 
they tag would, them. That send would be us great. Along. Yeah. You know, that's what it takes. I mean, in this People day and age. Tagging others. Right. Yeah. <laughs> How hard is that in this that's, day and age? And I, and I, I got to think here in this area, we might just have somebody that knows somebody. Um, so that's, again, I, I mean, I, I, having been there, uh, having personally seen it at a personal level, I can speak to you um, directly looking at you right now into this camera that building bridges 100% doesn't deserve. They've earned the, the right to be one of these 20 sites. And I hope the 19 others are just as great. Um, in fact, this might sound a little odd, but as great as building bridges is, they're amazing. And I hope that they're the 20th most amazing out of all the sites, because that means there's 19 other amazing sites, just as, just as committed. Yeah. I want them all to be as amazing as building bridges. Um, so that's sounds what I like love a big deal. Do. Yep. Super. Yep. Thank you. So thank you. All that was standing. We're going to shoot for the stars there, but you know, your budget at 350, 350,000 a year, uh, what would you be able to do with a, a half a million dollar budget? Um, we would, we have the capacity to serve our primary mission is the equine assist piece. So we will not be, um, starting, uh, other programs until we're at capacity with that. Uh, we know that when, uh, COVID opens the gates again, when we're not under protocols that restrict anything, we're, we're going to grow again, and we're going to have to bring in another provider team. We just know that. And we're, we're watching. Uh, we're looking for uh, qualified people that don't have a long distance to drive so they can grow with us. They'll maybe start with uh, um, two days a week kind of thing of sessions, but it won't be full time. And so, and that takes a certain kind of commitment. Um, because they will grow with us and, and that our current providers are ready to grow with us too. But we have, uh, we need another team uh, as, as we move toward achieving capacity. And we can, we can be caring for 40 veterans at one time with the facilities and the horses that we have here. Um, that would be over a week. Okay, so we could, um, yeah. And instead, I mean, it so, was great that we can report 41 lives have been impacted by building bridges, but think of that hub. And there are ways to do that. You know, and I, I a Coatesville um, hospital, they have a life veterans hospital. The Coatesville veterans hospital has a life, a veteran's life for three years. In the second year wow. of their stay there, they should be coming to Building Bridges once a week for therapy sessions for a day at the farm because the next year they get a suitcase and they're out on their own. And I believe that they need a time of transitioning in the outdoors, in the freedom of space, not the clinical setting, where they can experience peace and recovery steps. And so I look at us doing that. We're keeping Thursday for yeah. that kind of thing. And we can, if we can get yeah. a van, we'll have 10 people coming here on one day. 
and they all get that's a, amazing. Yep. They'll all get a therapy session. They'll all get a group be part of a group session. They'll get an hour of volunteer service, and they'll get an hour of free time, and we'll give them a brown bag lunch. I mean, I can get that's excited amazing, Emery. That. Yeah, it's incredible work that you do there. Thanks so much for for being on. Um, yeah, each time that uh, we have a nonprofit or charitable organization on Lancaster Connects, uh, we make a donation to them. Uh, we can't get quite get you to half a million dollars today, uh, but we're happy to give the Burning Bridges Foundation one hundred and twenty five dollars uh, from the Lancaster Connects podcast uh, to help uh, help do what you do there. So, thanks Thank so you. much for being on. Thanks for Thank sharing. You. Uh, all the stories. And uh, again, thanks for, for doing what you're doing for uh, the people that uh, fight for our country. Thanks, Emory. Appreciate you being My here. My pleasure. All right. My pleasure. Thank yep. you Thank for, you for welcoming. joining us. Larry. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Larry, we really appreciate you hanging in there. We're, we're turning the corner to come to you uh, in, in just a minute or two, or maybe five. Um, but, uh, we're going to be to you here soon, all right? So thanks for hanging in, because uh, I, I cannot wait to hear what you've got to say about Dick Winters and, and all the great stuff that you've learned about 82nd Airborne and, and veterans um, from the past. Real quick, we've got a Sleep Better tip for you in our Sleep Better segment. This is about curbing your refrigerator raids. I battle, I, I battle this one all the time. I think I need to listen as well. <laughs> uh, it's all too common how we hear the kitchen calling our name at night, especially during those expertly crafted food commercials. You're probably not really hungry, and eating can be the furthest thing from your mind until the nachos advertisement skillfully pulls you off the couch for a mad three-minute dash to raid the refrigerator and whip something up. You know you shouldn't, but it's really hard to break that habit. Uh, if you can curb this habit, which is a bad one, your sleep should improve, perhaps drastically, and your overall health just might make leaps and bounds in the right direction and not just from getting better sleep. So the, the trick there really is really look to kind of curb eating, um, not only late at night, but even after seven o'clock, mm -hmm. uh, you can actually burn about 400 calories uh, on an empty stomach from 7 p.m. till when you wake up in the morning. Mm. And you got to do a lot to burn 400 calories. A lot, and sleeping is pretty easy as compared to other other ways to burn 400 calories. So uh, you can get your free copy of the Sleep Better book. Uh, we'll happily mail you a copy. Um, you can get that by uh, going to Gardner's Mattress and More to our website. Uh, you just go to gardnersmattressandmore.com forward slash Sleep Better Sleep Dash Better, and we'll get you a free copy. All right, we've got some. Uh, some food trucks. We do have some food trucks. We've got three uh, food trucks or events to share, and you can get more information at our website, LancasterConnects.com. Uh, the first one, oh, there's the signal. Food there it bell. is. <laughs> so I have to wait for the, the sound to end. There we go. All right. Friday, May 28th, from 4 to 9, the East Petersburg Fire Company, uh, Station 23, is hosting a food truck frenzy featuring Witchway Sandwiches, Scoopo Dough, Waco Taco, Annie Ann's Pretzels, G's Concessions, The Italian Job, Uncle Paul's Stuffed Pretzels, and Lancaster Cupcake. A lot of good ones there. Uh, there will also be a 50-50 raffle. 
Uh, it's located at the East Petersburg Fire Company, Station 23's headquarters, which is 6076 Pine Street in East Petersburg. Uh, Facebook events tab for the fire company's page at EPFC23. Food Truck Festival, Sunday, May 30th. St. Joseph Children's Health is sponsoring the Food Trucks and Families Day from 11 to 2 at Columbia Market House, 15 South 3rd Street in Columbia, celebrating the opening weekend of the revitalized Columbia Market House. Guests will enjoy complimentary culinary fare from the choice of four local food trucks, and those food trucks are Cajun Culture, Marileo's, Scoops Ice Cream, I think Ben likes Scoops Ice Cream, Mm -hmm. uh, and Grill, and TJ's Ice Cream. The market house will be open throughout the event for those wishing to stroll through and explore it. Kids will enjoy caricature artists and balloon artists. There's no need to register for the event. All are welcome to come and purchase food and drinks from the food trucks and enjoy the festivities. Uh, for more info, you go to the events tab at CHIS, St. Joseph, Joseph Children's Health, or the direct link, which is easier. Everything's easier when you go to LancasterConnects.com for all things Lancaster Connects podcasts, events, and food trucks. Just go to LancasterConnects.com and look for that St. Joseph's Children's Health Food Truck Festival on May 30th. I don't think there's an ice cream truck that I wouldn't enjoy. Yeah, yeah. All right, Papa Snow, that's S-N-E-A-U-X. Papa Snow serves New Orleans-style food and snowballs serving jambalaya, (laughs) red beans and rice, gumbo, um... Friday, May 28th, they're at the Green Dragon Farmer's Market from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., 955 North State Street in Ephrata is where the Green Dragon is. Uh, Also, Sunday, May 30th, uh, they're at the Wrightsville Assembly of God. Uh, It's their summer kickoff snowball event from 8.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m., which is at uh, 365 Arn Street in Wrightsville. And then last but not least, uh, on Tuesday, June 1st, they're at Roots. Roots. Country Market from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., 705 Greystone Road in Mannheim. And you can find them at Facebook, Papa Snow, Papa Snow, P-A-P-A-S-N-E-A-U-X. You got into that mode of reading and like <laughs> got a little robotic on yourself there. <laughs> it, it didn't sound right when I first said it, yeah, so I had to spell yeah. it out. So they're on Facebook at Papa Snow, all right? Uh, no www, no dot com. You're already on the www.com Facebook in the middle. It's just at Papa Snow. Anyway, uh, listen, our viewers want to know where the food trucks are each week. So if you own a food truck, we absolutely want to hear from you. Uh, we'll tell our viewers where you'll be so that they can support you. Uh, just fill out the contact form on LancasterConnects.com and tell us where you'll be and when. Tell us about your great food and we can have people really just kind of lined up ready to show up at your food truck and you have fun they have fun it all means great success that starts you go to lancasterconnects.com fill out our contact form and really make sure you tell us how great the food is uh fill out the form there and and with this show help us help you spread the word spread the love for lancaster connects don't forget to like and share this video leave a comment and tell a friend about the show uh real quick my um I, I, my production team is going to be upset. I forgot. I forgot this. Um, with Memorial Day weekend, we do have some really great offers through our double double deals. Uh, it was in the newspaper on our website. You name it. Uh, we've got that going on. This show isn't about the store, but since it is Memorial Day weekend, that does mean some savings. So we'd love for you to come on out if it's time for a bed. 
Um, Larry has been patiently waiting by. So, Larry, we really appreciate your time. Um, well, I know that you're retired. I know your time is precious. Uh, so we appreciate you hanging in. I can't wait to jump in with you. Um, I think this is so cool because I used to read your column in the paper and loved it all those years I read it. Um, so you've actually got uh, our history nugget this week. So we're going to just jump right in. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. All right. So okay. can you tell us a little bit more about why the buildings are set so far back from the street on one yeah. particular side of Main Street in Ephrata? That's one of the quirks of Ephrata. If you go into town, you find all the buildings on the north side. They're right up against the sidewalk. If you cross the street to the south side, you get the sidewalk. Then you've got a 25-foot setback all first of, of East Main Street. All the all the businesses, all the stores, and that's because back in the eight, late 1800s, there were two two very posh hotels in town. Uh, there was the Mount Vernon, which is in the square where the uh, there's an office building there now. It was it's, uh, it used to be the Lexington County Weeklies, but now it's not. But anyway, and up on the hill where the Hampton where the Hampton Inn is now used to be the other hotel, which was the Spring. And these were very, very, you know, like I said, the Spring was a spa and attracted people from all over the East Coast. And they'd have passengers coming in on the trains. The train stop was at the Mount Vernon Hotel down at the square. So that's, yeah, you got it right there. Uh, they, the, the Mount Vernon and the, and the Mountain Springs had an arrangement. When passengers got off the train to go to the Mountain Springs, the Mount Vernon <clears throat> yeah, would signal to send them with flags or whatever to the uh, Mountain Springs, and they would send their gun to pick up the passengers and ferry them back to the hotel. So to accommodate that little little thing, all the buildings on the south side had to be set back so the two hotels had direct line of sight. If they couldn't see each other, they couldn't signal. So, and that to, the, to this day, anything that's built in that first block has to go by that setback. That's cool. That's one of those that's, things you'd never yeah. know. You, you, Unless you have Lancaster Connects friends. and you bring Larry Alexander right. on. And now you're I, probably, I probably lived in this town 30 years before I knew that. So Anyway. Oh, wow. There you have it. Yeah, one, and one of the other little quirks about Ephrata is how you say Ephrata. Right. Yes. Yeah. Like one There's, of those. One of those, I've, I've one asked of where those names Freda of town is. that I've had people ask me yeah. where Freda is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Larry, with Memorial Day, you know, a lot of folks, um, sadly, miss the intention of what's coming up here this weekend. Uh, Memorial Day is about honoring those who made the ultimate sacrifice, right. um, gave right. their life in service to our country. Uh, that's really what it's about. You know, we kick this show off. You know, I. I mean, trust me, I would love if we could just really get down to helping people wake up happy and sleep better here and skip all the hoopla of sales and discounts and, and, and everything. But, you know, consumers have an itch, itch to scratch with that, so we participate. But I'm far happier to participate this weekend, this year, this Memorial Day with you, with Anne-Marie on the show. Um, so your first book um, you wrote, which probably one, yeah. new news for our listeners, was about Band of Brothers. Um, biggest brother, the life of Major uh, Dick Winters, the man who led the Band of Brothers. Um, so tell us tell us about your connection there, especially for our younger 
audience members or maybe even those that just aren't aren't in the know. Tell us all about Dick Winters and the Band of Brothers from your perspective. Uh, well, Dick Winters was was actually born in Lancaster in 1918. Lived his first two years in New Holland before his family moved to Ephrata, which is where he's are. He has a lot of his family had their his his grandfather and his great uncle owned hotels in Lancaster at one point in Ephrata at one point. So they were kind of big social circles. It's his hometown. He lived there for ten years before moving to Lancaster. Anyway, uh, Dick uh, Dick Winters uh, went on to uh, to join the army in, in uh, after after graduating from F and M in 1941, and then the war came along and he enlisted as a private. Uh, but before the war ended, he'd be a he'd be a major and he had been a battalion commander. So he was a very competent person, very very patriotic person, very uh, determined. His men loved him. He uh, he uh, them with he led them and never put them at any undue risk if he could help it. Uh, he was just a, an excellent officer, an excellent excellent leader. And uh, and I met him in 2001. Uh, in, back in the 1990s, uh, Stephen a- author Stephen Ambrose, who was a Pulitzer Prize-winning author, uh, picked up on the story of Easy Company. They, they, uh, they, that's, that's his in New originally. Uh, they the story of Easy Company. Easy Company was kind of a member of the entire war in Europe. They jumped into they jumped into uh, into uh, into France on D-Day. That's his home in Ephrata, where he lived in Ephrata. They jumped in there and he, they fought in 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 France. They fought in Belgium in the Battle of the Bulge. They fought in Holland. And when the war ended, they run Adolf Hitler's balcony uh, in the in the at Berchtesgaden in the Bavarian Alps. And uh, that's Dick right there and his cousins. The uh, so, so Ambrose picked up on the story and, and, and decided to write a book about it called Band of Brothers. And the book was picked up by Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks, who pooled their resources to create a 10-part miniseries. That's Winner's Home in Lancaster. A 10-part miniseries called Band of Brothers based on the book. And that went global. That went viral. It got, they would guess. Suddenly they were media idols. They got Dick Camille from all over the people showing up at his door. Just to meet him, he speaking engagements and just became a, a national, a, a whole, a worldwide celebrity. And uh, and that's how I met him in two thousand and one. The miniseries was being aired by HBO, and my boss in the newspaper said maybe I should contact because people be yeah and and talk to this guy. So I found I tracked him down, and I went and I interviewed him, and it found out that when I found out together that our home were about 150 yards from each other. We both grew up in East Main, on East Fulton Street, and uh, we both we both knew the same people. I mean, I knew his aunt. I knew his aunt Lottie. Uh, when I was a kid, we used to rake leaves for her, and we used to shovel snow, and we used to uh, do things like that. Uh, so I knew her, and and Dick and I became friends, and that's how the book came about. About two years after I met him, my boss again said, you "Should write a book about us. People should know who this guy is," and then. There's a lot of interest there, and he was right. the The, the miniseries was like a, a, a pop, like a media phenomenon, and uh, Dick agreed. Dick agreed to sit down with me and do interviews, and and we put that book together back in 2004. I actually um, on Band of Brothers, the 101st, the, the 101st Airborne, not 82nd. 
Hundreds for the right, 101st okay. Airborne. Right, my bad. Yeah, yeah my bad there. Um, That's okay. I actually put the Band of Brothers DVD set in my uh, box to take up to the campsite. We, When I say camp, I use that word uh, loosely. It's more like glamour camping, glamping. So we have a TV and a DVD player in the camper. And, you know, once it gets to the end of the day and you're kind of worn out and tired, I'll put on uh, Band of Brothers this weekend coming up. Uh, but awesome. you... The um, book is... The thing about the book is I got the guy who Damien Lewis actually wrote a form for me for the book as to what it was like to play winners, to meet winners, and try to be him in the movie. It's kind of interesting insight. Yeah, that really is. That really is. It was fortunate he was able to represent him well, uh, having been able to connect with him. Uh, you actually went with some of uh, Easy Company over to Europe when you wrote the book uh, about that. The book was called In the Footsteps of the Band of Brothers, A Return to Easy Company's Battlefields with Sergeant Forrest Guth. Is that, did I say that right? Right. right. Sergeant's right. last name there? Right. Guth? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we'll have some pictures scrolling on the screen. So that's from when you were over in Europe. Um, yeah, that's, why don't that's you, your winner's you landed on D-Day morning. Good. But this is, of course, the Church of St. Mary oh, no. Gleese. That's where, the, the, about the book? Uh, okay. A couple of yeah, years later. Run us I through mean, your run us through your tour there in Europe with the members of Easy Company. Okay. I just, well, yeah, I just had this urge. After I wrote the book, I had this urge to go see these. And, and uh, Forrest Guth, I'd gotten to know Forrest. He's a Millersville college graduate. And he came back from the war. He went to Millersville, what was then called Millersville Normal School, and uh, to learn how to be, he was a, a hemograph teacher. And so, uh, but, and I met him when I and that's when I met Forrest and then uh, became friends with him also. And then when the opportunity for this book came up. I, I talked to my publishers into helping to fund this trip because uh, it was it would have been costly otherwise. But uh, so they, they agreed to fund the trip. So I took a veteran along with me and Forrest was the one I, I picked because Winters at this point was not going to go along anymore. He was at an age and his health was at such a, such a point where he wasn't about to go along over there. So for, he right away, his wife, a few months earlier, I figured it's to get his mind off his grief. We went back, and this is the field here. Back on D-Day morning, Easy Company's commander was, was killed in a plane crash. When his plane was shot down, it crashed in that field. And then Winters became the head of Easy Company by default because, that was yes, that's where the plane crashed. And even though Winters didn't know it until about several days later, he was now in command of Easy Company because his captain was killed in his plane crash. Anyways, I went over there, and we left, we left on the 31st of October, 2008, and we spent 13 days walking the battlefields. We went to Aldbourne, England, where they trained. We went to, then we went over to, by ferry to, 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 uh, to Normandy, and we went to Carentan, which is where they're, this is Carentan, this is the street they charged down when they were taking the, the town of Carentan, they charged down this street. They attacked the through, down, down this road. And we went to Carentan, we went to, I went to the or to each was which is they returned to England from after their after their nearly a month on the front lines in France. But we tried to cover everything. We covered Bastogne to the Battle of the Bulge. Uh, we covered Holland where they jumped into in September for Operation Market Garden. And I tried to hit as many places as I could in the time I had allotted to me uh, to to try to recapture and and take then and now pictures. This is the aid station 
where Winters was treated when he was nicked by a ricocheted bullet. The aid station. T- <coughs> try to hit these places and try to match up then and now because I, I I'm kind of a nut about then and now photographs. Uh, this is also in Cal- they had charged across this, this square, taking well they were taking the cent- the center of the city, the center of the town. They charged across the street. This is the main plaza in Carrington. This is uh, actually where Winters was nicked by a ricocheted bullet. That occurred in this this uh, in this square. And that's a photo of the square. But uh, so they had an interesting trip. You know, we didn't get into Germany, but uh, actually they didn't fight in Germany. Uh, I was covering their battlefields, and technically they did not fight any battles in Germany. I wanted to go to I wanted to go to Berchtesgaden, but unfortunately we left too late to, to make it there before before it was closed due to snow. But I, I tried. I had guide guides along the way who were very knowledgeable. Uh, I had guide a guide in England. I in Europe. This was the the city in Holland where the 101st Air took on uh, Operation Market Garden in September of 44. And again, that's the same the same street today. I just love the fact uh, like that I said, you have such a passion for this, uh, bringing forth, you know, the history to modern day with the then and now photos, obviously telling the story. Uh, you yeah. had the opportunity to know Dick in a way that not many people outside of his immediate family would have known him, but uh, you were yeah. you were able to be with him when he returned to his former high school to talk to the kids. That was probably yeah. pretty interesting. Ex- uh, can you share anything about that experience? Yeah, but he he came back to Lancaster. He was going to McCaskey High School, and he didn't graduate from McCaskey. He graduated from what was called then called Boys High School. He was the last class to graduate from Boys High School. The following year is when McCaskey opened. Still, he was considered a graduate of that school, so they brought him back in, I'm going to say 2005, probably, and honored an alumni award. And after the award, he went into a classroom of, of seniors and talked about talked about World War II, and he asked for questions. And they didn't know, only about two of them really had any idea what happened. Uh, and they, they, For seniors in high school, they knew surprisingly little about the history of World War II, and to winners, considering all the sacrifice he'd seen and of men killed and maimed and, and things like that, that really got him. And he, he came to Mount right there in the classroom for not knowing their history. And that's one thing he liked. I mean, he liked people who knew what was going on. He wouldn't interview with me unless I'd read the book Band of Brothers. Uh, when I called, I, I reached him through. I reached him through one of his men, Wild Bill Garnier. And Wild Bill told me, "Don't call him if you haven't read the book." Don't call him. He won't talk to you. Well, I had read the book, but uh, so Dick was very outgoing for me. I, actually, Bill, while Bill used more colorful, if you've seen the miniseries, that guy, the guy who played mini, him in the miniseries, had him down pat. He was he liked the salty language, yeah. but uh, but uh, but he told me that he, winners. He, I mean, he he turned down TV interviews because because the aunt comp, the person interviewing him had no idea about what happened. You know, he he he, he was very much yeah. a stickler for not only what his men and him, but all veterans. He was always about the veterans. He was always about you know we didn't. He would say like we didn't do it special. You know, we just did. What we were sent. Everybody else did what they were sent to do. So you know, he said you know the fact that they were single out in this book was you know to him was was, was it was uh, he liked it because he could bring their story out, but it could also highlight the story of every veteran and what they all went through. And so uh, he was, you know, he, he liked the attention, yet 
and he didn't really want it focused on easy company. Does that make any sense? Yeah. It make, I mean, to me, it makes perfect sense. I mean, for somebody, you know, we live in today's modern age in such a level of comfort um, and ease. I mean, truly, um, you know, people feel their inconvenience when their Gmail goes down or when Facebook won't allow them to go live. Um, they hey, think can that's you imagine living in, in their day. Can you imagine living in this woods like they did in, in December of 1944? Those are their... And they, they, they lived out there in, in sub-zero weather and snow. So, yeah, the inconvenience of having your internet go down is kind of petty compared to what these guys put up with. Yeah, so. yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I can certainly appreciate um, and, and respect completely where, where uh, Dick was coming from of, you know, this isn't about me. It's about service. It's about the, the, the group. It's about the totality of service members. Um, and having lived and I can't imagine having lived and seen that level of sacrifice, human sacrifice, people paying the ultimate price. I mean, it certainly changes your perspective of, of the, the people you meet in the entire world. I'm sure. Um, that was the toughest, the producers that the toughest part that of watching them. That was the toughest part of watching the miniseries for him, knowing who was going to get hit when, you know, mm. that, that, yeah. that, that that was the toughest part of watching of watching the miniseries. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, another fact about Dick that um, maybe some don't know is he was very vocal in the support of minorities who serve. Um, Do you ever have any conversations with him about that? Not a whole lot, but yeah, but he would because he he thought didn't didn't matter who you were, you served your country, you did what you were what you were sent to do, and you were, if you put your life on the line. And whether you were white or black or, or Native American, it didn't really matter to him. Uh, you, you, the veterans are what was all, what it was all about. Yeah. Uh, something else you talked with our producers about was uh, German U-boats. They made it to the East Coast uh, during World War II. And um, something about the city of Miami in Florida. What What's the story there? Well, uh, early in the war, but they went to during German submarines called the Happy Days, they they probed the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, they were operating within, you know, easily within sight of ships. They'd sit out there, especially at nighttime, they'd sit in the water and watch for, for cargo vessels going up and down the East Coast because they would be silhouetted by the lights of cities like Miami and places like that. They refused to dim their lights because of, the, because of their tourist trade, because of their, you know, they just refused to dim the lights. And there are photographs you can give a burning with just off the coast, and uh, that was very it was dangerous, especially at night because, like I said, they they silhouette against the against the light from onshore. Hmm. So, yeah, there were a number. You can find a number of U-boat wrecks off the east coast from hmm. from subs well. being sunk by by the navy. Yeah. Um, Larry, real quick, I, I, this is, we're kind of going a little off, off, off script, if you will. Um, when do we stay on script? <laughs> yeah, we don't. Our production team in the background is rolling their eyes right now. Uh, but I think it, it's, it's very topical. Um, you know, and, and I've, I've alluded to it now twice. We'll go for a third time. You know, the, the consumerism around Memorial Day weekend, um, I think we should definitely take the opportunity to really cement and remind people 
what this weekend is about. It is about the memory, the sacrifice of those who have died. Um, it's become commonplace to, to say, happy Memorial Day, have a great Memorial Day. Um, how, did, how did Dick greet that, I would wonder, if you know, if you could speak to that. It, does, a, does saying, have a happy, have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend, does that kind of cut like a knife for people that have served and seen their fellow brothers and sisters you know, killed in the line of duty? No, so I did. We didn't talk about that, but knowing Dick as I did, I'd say, yeah. Uh, he, he'd be all the, the groups that put flags and carries. Like, I'm going to be at two different ceremonies this weekend uh, where the flags are going to be placed at all the graves. And that's what that's what he would be doing. He'd be out there with that. He wouldn't be, you know, hyping for sales and and long weekend vacations and things like that. All of they like you call it the the consumerism and and the vacation type atmosphere. Uh, some people see it as oh, it's, it's a three day weekend. It's more than a three day weekend, especially if you gave the the ultimate spice and lost life. It's a three day weekend, and uh, I think a, a lot of people. <clears throat> a lot of people lose the meaning of that. They really do lose the meaning of it. I think it's, I'm, I, I said, I'm going to be going to two ceremonies this weekend. And there'll be a number of people there, but I'll bet there'll be a lot of people there who don't have any idea, like in New Holland and Effort, who have no idea that these things are going on in the cemeteries. That there's groups out there honoring the actual the veterans who actually fell for our country. You know, there are people who won't even want on. So. Yeah, we're actually going to share uh, some of those uh, ceremonies and events in our community segment um, just uh, after we wrap up with you, Larry. Um, t t talking about, about you, Larry, personally, um, you, uh, you have some interesting things that you participate in. Uh, Civil War reenactments, uh, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Only Wikipedia yeah. guest, yeah. and, and uh, uh, <laughs> apparently you've also been involved in a couple of movies. Tell us a little bit about those. Well, uh, back in the 80s, my wife said I suggested I get a hobby. She, 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 stamp collecting or coin collecting something like that. But being a history buff, I, I joined the Civil War reenactment group, and ended up wearing woolen Jackson woolen jackets, woolen pants, and all of that stuff in July and August, which my wife thought was absolutely crazy, and which I would have to agree. But uh, yeah, because of that, and, I, and cool. I mean, I being a history buff it was one way of getting to history. When you're in the camps at night, and yeah, a period. Of, there's period music sounding in the camps. You're sitting around a fire, and you hear fiddle, someone fiddler playing a tune or something like that. You know, you can you can go back in time. You can go back, and, and it's kind of interesting. Uh, and yeah, because of that, uh, of course, in in 1992 they filmed they took the book Killer Angels by Shara, and they made it into a movie called Gettysburg that uh, that Ted Turner financed, and thousands of us went to party in making of the movie with Machine as as Robert E Lee and. Jeff Daniels as as uh, as Colonel Chamberlain Joshua Chamberlain. So and it was it was kind of cool seeing how movies come together, and they're far different when you're making them than they are on the screen. Because when you're making them, they're boring as all get out because there's so much lag time between scenes. When they put it all together, it's quite exciting on the screen. So it was kind of neat seeing the uh, seeing the seeing how it all came together. And and the, and the direct director uh, uh, the director. Uh, was a very much for for details. Ron Maxwell would you know, he he'd ask he actually ask us, is this the way it was done? And we'd say, yeah, that's right, or no, they do it this way. And he would change it as he wanted it accurate. So it, it was kind of neat in that respect. Some directors don't care, you know. They 
they have their own ideas and they won't change their minds. But but uh, he was very pliable about that. And, then, of course, a few years later, did the set by Michael Scherer called Gods and Generals. It was what it wasn't quite as successful as Getty. It was along the same line. So, yeah, I got the chance to do that a little bit, too. So that was neat. And I got to meet so many. And yeah, the other very... thing is I got to meet so many. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, very interesting that you've been able to, you know, parlay your your hobbies into something more substantive, like you know, uh, adding to our culture through these movies that remind us of the past. That's really great. Well, yeah, it was fun. It was interesting too. And it's a kind of opportunity. My yeah. my daughter got into it too, but my wife never did. But my wife, my daughter, likes to put on the hoop skirts and all that stuff. That's yeah, cool. Neat. So again, off off script here. I've, one other thing, you know, we're really big. You probably heard it as you stood by through Anne Marie's segment with building bridges. You know, we we challenge people to connect with our guests. So whether that's donating or volunteering time, uh, through through my work with Cub Scouts in the past, you know, we've donated to wreaths across America. You you're involved in community ceremonies. Would it be? Okay, I'm assuming it wouldn't be frowned upon, and I'm going to challenge our, our listeners and our watchers this weekend, carve out an hour of time to go to uh, your local hardware store, like your locally owned Ace, buy half a dozen to a dozen uh, flags, or maybe some potted flowers or flowers you could lay on a grave, and you'll be able to tell the, 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 the headstones of which service members uh, should be honored this weekend. Would that be out of bounds, Larry, if somebody were to do that? On their own no, I don't think so. They I just think, don't know where to connect. I think, yeah, you, you said go to any cemetery. You can tell the veterans' graves. I'll have flags. Most most of they get new flags at, at Memorial Day. Usually, the American Legion, VFW, the clubs like to come out and they deck graves of veterans, flag holders, and, and all. Nearly all, all things. Now, sometimes they're not, but but uh, they, they you can you know you can easily buy the graves and put some flowers down. Yeah, you know like. And spread them out. One of the big things about about Dick Winters is the cemetery where he's buried. Uh, there are over 200 veterans' graves there, dating back to as far as the Revolutionary War, and they each get one flag at their. Uh, Dick Winters, unfortunately, is kind of his graves become kind of a shrine. Yeah, there's there's anywhere from six flags there at any one time, plus mementos laid on the headstone. In airborne badges, uh, uh, coins, military n- emblems, things I got laid on the headstone, uh, and, and I understand that I understand people wanting to do that, paying homage to Dick, but Dick would say, "Hey, there's a v- another veteran two rows away from me. You know, there's another veteran right across the driveway from me. Spread them out a little bit. You know, and that yeah. his family did not want. When I in my books, you'll never find." A reference as to where the family plot is that came out. It got out, even though even though I was asked not to reveal it, it did get out. But I did not reveal where his gravesite. And uh, I now it's it's common knowledge now. But uh, but uh, Dick right. didn't the family didn't want it to become a shrine. And I, I don't think Dick would say spread it out. Yeah, flowers, flags, whatever you want to put out. Uh, any way you want to honor a veteran, I think winners would smile down on. Yeah. And, and I'll say, you know, again, maybe, maybe affording uh, some flags and flowers isn't, isn't in your wheelhouse this week. Maybe it just isn't, isn't doable. Here's an idea. 
go next week, middle of the week, next weekend uh, after the holiday. Uh, maybe a flag has fallen over. Uh, that's one thing that I, I just can't tolerate. Um, flag gets broken flag too. Wind, wind sometimes enough wind yep. sometimes snaps those those little that they come on. Yep. So yep. you know maybe maybe grab uh, you know uh, if you find one that's in in disrepair that should be disposed of properly. You can Google that, search that, how to do that. But you know half an hour. I mean in your community, just just take a quick stroll. You're out you're outside getting some fresh air. Um, that's another way to help our community. And again, I, I really challenge our listeners and our watchers to, to participate in the community that way after watching episodes like this. Another thing that people, people have, an effort that we have, the, the Winters Leadership Plaza. It's, uh, it's right along the, the, the walking trail, which is the old rail line, and it's now called the Major Dick Winters Memorial Walking Trail. Uh, right there by Fulton Street, there's a plaza. There are bricks in the sidewalk or down with you know, veterans have purchased with their with their veterans' names on them, and there's several hundred of these bricks there. And in the center of the plaza, as a as a statue, they pick stick winners. Uh, it's a duplicate of one that was erected in Saint Marie du Mont in Normandy a few years back. Uh, it's a leadership leadership statue that Dick O'Cade. Her name doesn't appear on it, which it doesn't. Except as a, as an above his pocket here, his name would be on his. Back. But uh, you know, but the, the people lay flowers there too. People can put flags in the in the in the garden area around the plaza too. There and because every and every year on on Veterans Day in November, in November they line that trail with 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 uh, with candles. Set it up every year. That's that's the that's the plaza. That's the statue. But yeah, they, they take that trail and they actually put illuminaries along the along the length of that trail with names of veterans on them. So that's that's another way to honor that effort honors uh, its favorite son. Yeah, all of its yeah. favorite sons well, and great. daughters. Yeah. Well, Larry, I really appreciate you uh, spending the time with us. Um, we do I have a question. Being here. Uh, yeah, we have a question for you as we wrap up about the role of the military in today's um, in today's modern day. So maybe we'll, we'll wrap up with that if you can hang tight for a little bit longer. We're gonna sure. we're gonna get into our community events, the the ones that you're participating in. We're gonna highlight those. But uh, so if you've got a worthwhile cause that can make excellent use of members of the Lancaster uh, Connects community, that's again what we're what we're trying to do here. Um, that's where our Lancaster Connects community comes in and is all about. Uh, whether you have a good cause that needs volunteers or you want to donate your time to help out uh, in the community, we want to hear from you. And if you'd like to volunteer your time, uh, let us know. Go right to LancasterConnects.com. There's a box there. You're also entering our giveaway. Uh, but you can check if you'd like to volunteer for the Lancaster Connects community. We'll put updates on the website. We'll send out on emails when, when service organizations are looking for that volunteer time. And again, I, I really want us to think about the difference we can make right here in our backyard uh, if we each gave just one hour a week of our time. So if you've got that good cause that can use some volunteers, let us know. Again, go to the form. We'll promote the show. You just go to LancasterConnects.com, fill it out, fill in in the comments what you're about, who you're looking for, the help you need, and we'll put it on this show. All right? Remember, this show is also available as a podcast. Find the links at LancasterConnects.com. 
And of course, we want to grow the show. We want to get more great guests like Larry and Anne-Marie on uh, and, and continue this. So please like it and share it. Share the video. Leave comments. Tell friends about the show. Tag them. Uh, please, this is this is a, us, about us giving back this platform to the community, and we want to see it continue for many, many years to come. So uh, talking about Larry and, and where he will be uh, Memorial Day, uh, the, uh, on Sunday, May 30th, uh, day before Memorial Day at one o'clock, uh, Larry Alexander will be speaking at a ceremony to remember all veterans, uh, especially those who died while in active service to our nation. Uh, he'll also be sharing his experiences with the late Major Dick Winters. Uh, World War II reenactors, welcome uh, to be part of the procession uh, to the gravesite uh, of Major uh, Dick Winters uh, from, again, Band of Brothers. Uh, the service begins on the upper parking lot by the flagpole, and this is located at uh, the Bergstrasse, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, Bergstrasse uh, Evangelical Lutheran Church. Uh, that is at 9 Hanstown Road in Ephrata, and you can follow the Bergstrasse uh, Evangelical Lutheran Church on Facebook. Second Memorial Day event in Lancaster, VFW Post 1690. Uh, in Lancaster, we'll be hold, hosting a Memorial Day service uh, at the Riverview Burial Park, Monday, May 31st at 10 o'clock in the morning. All are welcome to share in remembering those who gave the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, the Post Canteen will open immediately following the service. VFW Post 1690 is located at 343 uh, Dorward Street in Lancaster, and Riverview Burial Park is located at 1100 South Duke Street in Lancaster. If you want to check them out on Facebook, just go on Facebook and type in at VFW Post uh, 1690. We've mentioned volunteer opportunities at Stevens Greenland Cemetery for a few weeks now leading up to Memorial Day week. And now we're here uh, on Monday, May 31st. Uh, you can attend their Memorial Day ceremony at 11 a.m. The ceremony has the largest number of African-American veterans in Lancaster County. Uh, that is located at 1200 South Duke Street in Lancaster. That's Greenland Cemetery. And out of respect to those veterans that died, it's not, it's not that there's a ceremony of African-American veterans. It was just a little, little word mix up there. It's, it's a cemetery. Ah. The cemetery has uh, the largest number of African-American veterans in Lancaster County. So out of respect for them, that's an interesting fact. Um, and uh, maybe you go check that out for that part of our history. Uh, Memorial Day event. Lancaster of Honor will be honoring Sarah Gutschall of Maytown Monday, uh, May 31st at one o'clock. Sarah has been no donating her time as a Legion Auxiliary member for 70 years. Uh, this ceremony will be taking place at Maytown Road in Marietta. Again, on Facebook, you can search them up at Blankets of Honor. And I believe I've heard about Blankets of Honor before from some past guests. So I think we should maybe mm. look to get Sarah on the show in the oh, future. Yeah. The Mannheim VFW Post 5956 uh, will be hosting a Memorial Day parade on Monday, May 31st from 10 to 11 a.m. The parade route, parade route will run from East High Street to North Main Street and East Granby Street. You can follow them at uh, on Facebook at Mannheim VFW Post 5956. And our last event, the Crispus Attucks Community Center is excited to share that they are developing a strategic plan to drive a thriving future and they want input from the community. So if you want to be a part of that discussion, it's taking place at the Crispus Attucks Community Center on Wednesday, June 2nd, 4.30 to 6. 
uh, to register and get more information, see the events tab on their Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash Christmas Addicts Lank. That's L-A-N-C. And of course, Lank is in the show notes. Go to LancasterConnects.com and uh, all the goodness of Lancaster Connects is there on the show. Yep. And once again, if you have a good cause that we can promote or you need people to volunteer their time, uh, we'll put the word out for you on this show, Lancaster Connects. Uh, please get in touch with the with us via the contact form at LancasterConnects.com. Uh, and don't forget, this show is also available as a podcast. Find the links at LancasterConnects.com. Like, share the video, uh, leave a comment, tell a friend uh, all about us, LancasterConnects.com. So for our guests, we know what Larry's doing. Um, That's right. For the weekend. Um, Anne-Marie, uh, you have any specific plans for Memorial Day there at the, at the, at the farm? No, we... Or um, otherwise? We are... video uh, will be on our website, but we don't have a, a gathering here at the farm. Uh, just... Okay. Well, uh, we're still under uh, COVID's rule. And uh, even though gotcha. it didn't impact our essential services itself, well, it did, um, but some people still come for sessions. But as far as the crowds, no, we just decided we're not, we're going to comply with um, the message that we hear out there. We're looking to have an open house here at the farm on 1st of July. You know, okay, as long great. as we're allowed well, we'll be to be sure to highlight it. that in the future. So, yep. Thank you. That's great. Appreciate that. Yeah, Larry. Other than the uh, other than the two events we highlighted for you, any anything else for the weekend that uh, my, our listeners might find interesting, or that you just want to share? Um, not for me. No, this you mentioned the one in New Holland, did you? Uh, the the on Monday. I, believe- the, the, I didn't hear it anyway. The one in New Holland. That I'm yeah, I don't think we shared Holland, anything about New Holland. Uh, also, it? they're having. Yeah, well, let's go ahead. Why don't you? Yeah, yeah, why don't you share I didn't the details hear about that one? Uh, it's just that it's uh, in New Holland. In New Holland, the veterans groups that decorate the, the cemeteries in the area, and they'll converge on New Holland Park for a, a gathering, and I'll be speaking there for about ten minutes. That's at noon on uh, on on Monday, the thirty first. That's great. So that's yeah. the other thing I'm doing. So as we wrap up, um, you know. I, Obviously, the history of World War II, Larry, that you shared, um, is is astounding. It's uh, it, it strikes awe in me to think about it at times. You know, when I when I might pick up a documentary or watch, you know, as I'll as I'll rewatch Band of Brothers again upcoming. Um, Anne Marie, you see the effects, um, and as terrible as all of that is, and we're certainly not pro conflict. We're not pro uh, pain and heartache and death. You know, the military does have a vital role in our society, even in modern day. Um, you know, what do you think of those that are still here, still serving? You know, what is their impor- important role to play in our society for our nation as you see it? Uh, I'll throw it to uh, uh, Anne-Marie first, and then we'll have Larry wrap it up. To um, educate the nation on our veterans, uh, it seems to me like there is or a why am I here? I mean, for so many years of my life, I was not um, I was not engaged with that community. I didn't really have intelligence about our veterans. And, and what's incredible to me is, and I know it's a statistic, 
but 99.6% of this nation, 99.6% is depending on the 0.4% of the nation that is currently engaged in defending and protecting our national interests. That's incredible to me. We are without excuse to offer them um, support. 6% of the population today are veterans, um, including those that have served uh, but are not currently serving. 6% of, of uh, America are veterans. And uh, that's about 2 million people. And not one of those soldiers, not one of them has returned to America uninjured. And that's where it starts, when we understand um, the trauma. I talked to a, a, a young man and I said, why did you sign up? Sometimes you can't ask a question like that, but I could. And he said, I was in my university dormitory room with my roommate the day of 9-11 and we watched the foundations crumble. We watched people fall to their death. We saw the invasion of our land and our national foundations. And it dawned on me and the other guy I was with that uh, we are healthy young men and we have responsible freedom to defend the nation, the principles of it, the, the values of it and protect and guard the people. And so they signed up. They're not losers. They put their, they put their life on hold. And he said that when he was away, it was remembering the future that he had set aside that kept him sane. And so 10 years went by and he comes home, but that future is gone. It's not there. It's not possible anymore. He's doing well, but it's a long way from the future that he had in mind. And so he gave that up, even though he's alive, in some ways he's walking around lifeless. Um, and and we can be well, an agent of encouragement. That's <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm thankful that you're there to to help with uh, his path and and the rest of of his time here on Earth with us. And I hope that uh, he yeah. can be restored and and live a good life. So thank you, Emory, for all you do. Uh, you know that number, Larry, that Emory shared. Maybe you picked up on it. I, I know I heard it the first time at their event they had last year. You know, six percent. Uh, sit there and serve the 94% in society who never serve. Um, that's, that's a very interesting number to me. Your thoughts on the, on the question, the vital role of our military, those who serve to really have the majority of the majority um, not, which isn't, uh, you know, it's not a slap at those who don't serve. It's just no, the simple it's reality of the math. Yeah. And, and it shows Larry, that. what are your thoughts there? That was a very powerful number that Henry threw out there. And I'm not sure I was aware of quite that percentage, but uh, but the role of the military has changed drastically in the last 80 years. Uh, up until December 7th, 1941, it was pretty much a defend America force. But in the years since World War II, it's it's kind of a, a peacekeeping force. It's becoming not just to you know, patrolling the world, mm -hmm. and it's it's and it's not just to keep maintain protect the trust, but the interests of others as well. So it's it's uh, it's uh, and in that regard, I think it's more dangerous now to be a member of the military because you're in some very un unstable parts of the world, trying to maintain peace and order to, to the benefit of the majority of other in, in, on on the planet. And uh, so, 
Uh, we need to continue to acknowledge uh, their role and continue to support their role uh, and, and do and do what we, what we we can for them as Anne Marie's organization is is, is proof. Uh, we just need to be for them when they come too. So they're doing a bunch. Mm-hmm. It's necessary and it's very. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. agree more. Um, so guests, uh, we really appreciate your time today. I think we put together, uh, I hope, uh, in both of your opinions, uh, that we were able to put together a show worthy of Memorial Day weekend to honor those that gave their sacrifice. Uh, those watching, those listening, uh, please remember that uh, this weekend is about something far, far bigger than barbecues and vacations and three-day weekends. Uh, it's actually all about what gives you that opportunity. Uh, you know, paid right. for by the blood and the sacrifice of those uh, before you. Um, you know, we highlighted somebody that's been <clears throat> serving 70 years, um, you know, to veterans and, and, and uh, for community causes. Think about legacy. Think about your place in, in our community and what you can do to have lasting impact, uh, whether that's volunteering, whether that's donating, whether that's finding a cause that's important to you. Reflect on that this weekend. That would be my biggest uh, benefit from that. Um, so that's what I would have to say there. Ben, I forgot one thing. Our gift card winners. I'm going to let you announce our gift card winners. Yeah. And we'll wrap up the show. All right. LancasterConnects.com. You can enter our gift card, uh, our restaurant gift card giveaway, $25 gift cards. We give away two each week. This week's winners are Deborah Butt and Monica Fort, uh, both in Lancaster. So uh, thanks for uh, entering. And uh, again, if you'd like to win a restaurant gift card, you have a good chance to do that at LancasterConnects.com. Fill out the contest entry form, and you'll also be added to our weekly email list to learn more about uh, future guests and what we're doing at Lancaster Connects Podcast. Yep. So uh, we thank Larry and uh, Anne-Marie for joining us. Uh, really appreciate your time. Um, thank you for uh, committing to the reverence and the honor that is Memorial Day weekend. Uh, Larry, thank you for those events you'll attend. And Marie, thank you for all you do to help our veterans. We really appreciate you being on the show. All right. Uh, everybody, thank you. this was another episode of Lancaster Connects. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Um, everybody have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to this episode, episode 12 of Lancaster Connects. Super Cereal.